And welcome back to another Red Cedar Wrap. This week, Matt and I discuss the heartbreaking loss to Arizona State. Then we get into the Northwestern game. As always, here we go. Spartan Marching Band. Jake, you'd think after last week's episode that we'd be coming on here much more optimistic and much more, I guess, in a better mood than this is going to be because this is not going to be fun. Man, I'm pissed. I'm absolutely pissed. We're recording this Monday night, and I'm actually glad it's Monday because if you would have done it yesterday as we originally planned, I think it would have been a lot harsher of a podcast. Two days to kind of now to let it sink in and outcome much cooler head prevail. <laughs> we'll... Uh, We'll let it fly, but still not very happy with how things are shaping up for this Michigan State program. Man, I'm pissed, and I'm pissed because it's way too early in the season to have my hope just drained. Oh, man, Twitter, MSU Twitter was on fire oh, on it was. Sunday, and I was there for it. I, I, didn't, I don't really tweet much anymore. I just like reading it, but, man, it was heated, and there's some good discussion, some bad discussion, some crazies, some people that made sense. We'll give our opinion here throughout the podcast, uh, but it was a rough, rough Saturday afternoon into the night. Going into the game, I thought I was very confident to, to like talk about betting a lot here on the podcast, and the line kept moving up and moving up and moving up. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a blowout. We're going to win this game by, I think I predicted by 17. I was still pretty confident in that going into the stadium. Yeah, and to think we can win a game by 17 points when we can't even score more than seven is absurd. A couple of things. One, I may or may not have put some money down on that game on a high line. And maybe you can call it a jinx. Maybe you cannot. But highly disappointed. We should have covered that. Offense looked terrible. But we'll get into that. But like I said, week three – and your hope is just wasted. We we waited months to get in this season. You know, and even if you told me if we get down the line and we, we win the first five games, get to Ohio State, and lose to Ohio State, I would be okay with it. I could I could be perfectly fine. But to lose back-to-back times this team, who is their quarterback was not even good, and we're – ugh, it's absolutely frustrating. Yeah, it's tough to see – the freshman come down and beat us here. First game on the road, the place was place was loud and the environment was good. The fans definitely brought it. Um, but we'll start from the beginning. Um, first, we didn't score any points in the first three quarters. Uh, finally, had a good drive in the fourth touchdown by Eli Collins, only to see them give up seven late to lose 10 to 7. I know everyone here probably has seen it. Everyone here knows what happened. Um who do you blame? Uh, we'll start with that. We'll start <laughs> with who's to blame here. And there's a lot to go around. So many things happened that it was like a perfect storm, but I think the number one issue for me, and I'll give a few examples, is the coaching staff. Mhm. I think they put the team in a 
position and not the best position to win? Starting with personnel, playing the rotation and running backs that you've done forever, and it's always been a gripe of mine for forever, is to not have one guy kind of be the bell cow and have someone get that one bell cow get the 20 or so carries and have a backup that may get five. They're still running four backs when I think there's clearly one that's the best. Yep. And I think there's also clearly one that should be the one getting five. So the best would be Eli Collins. The man that should be behind him is Ant Williams. And we don't really need to see Hayward get the ball anymore out of the backfield on handoffs. And we don't really need to see LJ and Ladarius, Defer- Ladarius Jefferson get any more carries unless you have to get maybe a yard at the goal line because he looks like he can still do that. He didn't have any attempts this past week. But if they did that, I wouldn't be too angry. But you can't tell me that's not something that Eli Collins could do. Uh, so that's the first. Um, do you have any comment on that? Because I'll go to the next one if not. Yeah, let's let's pause there. First, I agree with you. You got to look at coaching as the first, um, and there's multiple areas in what that is. I mean, obviously, you can talk about the field goal, um, the timeouts, uh, Hayward getting the fourth and one. I mean, there's so many areas that you said why, why would we even think that was going to work in, in a situation? Running back wise, I agree. I mean. Collins has 100% been the guy already. Even in this game, he looked great. I don't know why we're rotating somebody out. I understand people need to give breaks and reps, but like you said, the next person in line should be Ant Williams getting the next ones. But especially in power situations, uh, fourth and one, we need one yard. One yard. The one guy that can't shake a tackle, you can give him the ball. I mean, even right before, they were going to have Rocky come out. I mean, the, the right before that. I mean, at that point, I was I was hesitant. I said, "Oh my God, they're gonna bring Rocky out again." But at this point, I would say, "Yeah." At this point, I take that run, yeah, because I would take him to get one more yard than I would be handing it to the short side to Hayward. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I haven't gone through everything. I don't really want to rewatch the game, but <laughs> I don't know if Eli Collins had ever gotten or ever got zero or negative yards on a carry all game. That, I mean, the man pretty much falls forward every time, so. I think he can do fourth and ones. I don't think you have to put in a big body. I think Eli can handle that himself. So, very disappointing. Number two, you already touched on it, the field goal at the end of the game. We put ourselves in that position, not knowing what we're supposed to do. Personnel not knowing if it should be on or off. Coaching staff and players not knowing, are we going to throw for the end zone? Are we kicking a field goal? What are we doing? At least I mean, I mean, the field. You gotta have this game plan, right? Fifty seconds, no timeouts. You already know you shot yourself in the foot with no timeouts. You know if you go anywhere or dial up any route into the center of the field, you're gonna clock it. When you that. clock it, yeah, and you know that the players know that, everyone knows that. But as a coach, you gotta know what's next. How do we? I mean, I understand that you might have not, and it's right in the time frame of yeah. 11 seconds can you throw one maybe maybe not and maybe is it in field goal range or not but i mean this is what practice is for yeah, you man. practice these situations you got to make a quick call and even if it is just a snap it and take another spike it looks stupid and you would absolutely look stupid but we wouldn't be in a situation where we're rushing 12 men on the field at the last second yeah i mean mark even admitted in the teleconference last night he had the media that he was uh, somewhat 
caught up in the game and, and has the emotions kind of get the best of him. He couldn't make a decision. He took him 10 seconds. He admitted to make a decision, and that's unacceptable. That's 100% on him and the coaching staff for not being prepared for that situation. That's something that for years he's always made the right decision. He's had the balls and had the uh, fortitude to make the right decision, whether it's fake punts or field goals or things of that of that nature, to always when I had the most talented team out there, but we would win by being the smarter team. And this weekend we did the exact opposite. So that was huge. And you also touched on there. I like that you, I like that you bring that up though. We were, we have been, and then it kind of got me thinking like, when's the last time we've made an aggressive call like that? We've been so conservative lately on these calls. I mean, when's the last little giant, you know, when's the last crazy play to win it? That's what got us here. Yeah. It's awful. So then you touched on the two timeouts that we took. And we kind of mentioned with no timeouts left to go in, in our last drive there. It's fourth and 13. Uh, Arizona State's got the ball in our close to the red zone, or at least on our side. I believe it was might have been just outside the red zone. Um, Michigan State takes two timeouts to get the defense set up to stop a fourth and 13. They, if they get that stop, they win the game. We win 7-3. It's ugly, but at least we're still undefeated. Be a lot to work on as there is right now, but at least we would have the win. Uh, fourth and 13, defense comes back on the field. The defense decides to rush three and drop eight. All eight drop behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, sorry, behind the first down marker. Jaden Daniels, a quarterback for Arizona State, then runs. There's no spy. He gets 15-yard gain. Why first, do you not have a spy in that situation? Down. Sounded like someone made a blue coverage, but when you have two timeouts, you cannot let that happen. It should be a perfect defense because you know you need those two timeouts if you don't stop them. And so if you're going to have so much faith that you're going to have to take two timeouts to make sure you have the perfect defense because of what you're worried about, whether it was the screen pass, whether it was the pass to the end zone for a touchdown, whether it was the run, you should you had so much time. to. I feel like the, the play took 10 minutes to get off because how many timeouts they took. So... I get that you're going in like a prevent side, fourth and thirteen. But why are we stopping the three the three man rush is not getting anywhere. I love our line, but just do what we do best. Yeah. I mean, put keep, the pressure on. Keep the contain. And if anything, put a spy. I mean, it, 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 he is known to run. I mean, his running legs were much more of a threat than his throwing, in all honesty. So yeah. I don't know why just now. Uh, without that being you know, take that aside. The defense played a hell of a game, and I, I feel completely terrible for these guys because this will be the second year in a row we're going to waste a top talented defense again. That, that was the hardest part to deal with after the game was that this is an elite defense. This is a championship defense, and it's going to be wasted, and a lot of them will be gone next year. And if that happens, what looks like it may be happening, um, it is – catastrophic for the program in itself well then that's kind of where when i when i go back to hope right like every football season i'm ready you know you know we're not a top 25 recruiting class we we haven't been and we slightly are getting worse and worse year and year and i just know that we got to put it in this year right this is the year we've got a stud defense we're gonna lose everyone next year we're gonna have a quarterback fiasco Running back fiasco, wide receiver fiasco. Who knows what the whole line's going to look like? I mean, it's just going to be one of those where you see the regression starting again, and this is hard to take it this early in the season. Now, 
with that kind of being said, you know, uh, really going down the gutter there, there is a little bit of light, not national championship, not saying that this team would probably even be there, but little light that it isn't a Big Ten game. And that is a little positive because we're still put the pieces together, move on forward, next game. There is still light for the season. Is it what we wanted? No. But, again, I didn't think we were going to be undefeated at the beginning of the season anyways. Did not. But the question that I wrote down after this game and after things you've seen both this year and last year, is this team closer to six and six, or is the team that's closer to nine and three? God, I'm way too optimistic. I'm gonna say still closer to nine and three. Okay. I just I think, and the reason why is I don't need a lot from the offense. I just need you to be average. Yeah, I mean, the offense throw over 400 yards, and that's the first time that it's exactly has thrown over, put up over 400 uh, yards, and scored only seven points th- since USC did it in 2017. Seriously. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's mind blowing. The team's gotta get the ball into the end zone. They gotta get playmakers and right now we now believe we're getting the ball into the playmakers' hands, both in running back. Receiver, I think we both agree that uh Cody and Daryl are good. Good Daryl's great. Cody's good. Um no third guy has really stepped up. I mean we saw CJ Hayes play quite a bit. But I think the guy that is might be a playmaker that w- with what we see going forward, I think you got to play Julian Barnett. Um, yeah, he had one big. He catch. had a really good catch. He had some wiggle. He got up the field. I mean, the next play he false started, but I guess I mean, that's a freshman play. But that's go- totally off on hopping. But it's just for moving forward. I personally, when we will get into it more, I see the writing on the wall with this team, and I believe we're closer to a six and six team. Yep. This I've seen this offense the last six games, I guess, going to last year. The games against Power Five teams struggled to score points. Um, we finished last year with what Ohio State finished with Nebraska, Rutgers, then Oregon, and now this is the first Power Five team this year in Arizona State. And the highest points we scored in the game was fourteen, and that was against Rutgers. The other were we scored six, and the rest of them. Uh, no, we scored seven this past week, but six in the other one. So it's uh, I'm not optimistic anymore in this season, and I'm giving them one more chance. <laughs> I'll stay around before I. Man, this is such an opposite podcast <laughs> from the last week. Last week we were all in. They got put all the chips in, and then we just yeah. got took to the cleaners. Is what yeah, just happened. You were right about saying that it's not a Big Ten game, which is is positive for going in, but. I'll say this team, this offense, and this team gets one more chance. This coaching staff gets one more chance this season for me to believe that they can do something. And if they do it to me again, or do this again, where they score six points, it's it's honestly, I I really think my <laughs> statement at the beginning of the season is going to be true. If you can give me twenty one points, I think we it win most true, games. But can they do it? That's the thing is they're not doing it. I mean, obviously, you, we took. I took. I know I definitely took the Western game as way more than it should, and I should have known. I should have known better. It was a mirage. It was fake. Yeah, I mean, we're we're probably somewhere in the middle, right? We're probably somewhere in between what we saw Saturday and what we saw last week against Western. But we should be in that you know 
20-ish points a game, right? But, but now here, here's where I see the difference from last year, though. And this is where I'm going to say we're closer to 9-3, and three, right? I can tell you that, but I got kind of have to back up this point. One, I really think that we're a better offense than we were last year because we can actually move the ball. There's not as many three and outs that you saw. We were moving the ball. We made bad decisions. I mean, three missed field goals. Now, yeah. I, I, you know, kickers are going to have bad days. I'm not putting any blame on this kid, but three miss is a lot, you know, and, and granted one was far and the other one was a botch by the coaching. So you're really not putting any blame on him, but three is a lot of miss Botch on the coaching, but he still made it. I mean, having the 12 man on the field didn't really affect the kick. I wouldn't say I, that's actually incredible. I gave him a lot of credit for that one too. Yeah. Until I, I saw mean, I think it might've even better. And I was saying, even when I was there, I was like, man, it might've been better for him to not even think about it. Cause he yeah. missed two. And then he just ran out there, kicked it. It wasn't even his head. He just is like just natural. Go out there, go kick. Probably helped him. Then the next one he had to think about, and then he shanks it. I think it was a little mental thing. But he's usually pretty good. Uh, you would expect him to make he's a great two, two or three at least. Yep, he's a great kicker, and he missed he missed an easy one. Now you're allowed to miss some, but man, three in one game that kind of stalls and hurts a little bit. Now in a game in his defense, we shouldn't be kicking three field goals nope. and not having any red zone opportunities. So. There, but I still think with 400 yards moving, we're moving the ball. I mean, we've got receivers that are making plays. I mean, Daryl Stewart made an incredible one-handed grab. Uh, when Collins is the main back, we're moving the ball, and that's something I don't feel like we were doing last year with this offense. Does that mean that we're going to be any better going the rest of the season? Well, I'm not going to say that now because after this game, it looked terrible. But I do feel like we're a little bit closer to nine and three than we would be six and six. Now, it's a big gap there and we'll see how this plays out now the worst thing that could absolutely happen right now is loss next week a loss next week four in a row away and back-to-back losses one of the big 10 to northwestern who's not playing very well that would be crumbling and that's and that honestly to me would be the end of a reign and not a reign but like you're you're losing the fan base already off this past game and what we've been dealing with. Uh, I mean, shit, we can count seventeen as a good season. They still had struggled, had issues that year. So, if you say sixteen was terrible, three and nine, seventeen bounced back. Maybe they shouldn't have gone ten and three. We might been that could be more of like an eight and four team. But st- it, the offense still had issues, but they were able to overcome them. Uh, 18, not good. 19, already off to a bad start. If we lose to Northwestern, you're going – it may tip the scales of this fan base to turn. Turn on the team, turn on the co- – more, more turn on the coaching staff. Well, I mean, I I, you can already case. feel the coaching staff already turned on against. Yeah, I mean, people are already questioning just the shuffling at the beginning of the year, and now it even looks like more of a, a problem. Well, I mean, you kind of open up yourself to that that subject when you do something like a shuffle. I mean, this is going to be the topic of the year. We kind of knew that was coming in, and every loss is going to bring right back to it, too, especially when an offense that puts freaking seven points up. Yeah. yeah so, it's huge. This, is big. Uh, this week's game is going to be very telling, and a loss will hurt I think I the next. Where, I mean, the, where are you at? Do you, people will be calling for Mark's head. Do you agree with that? And ask me that question next week. <laughs> ask me that question next week. I think I think it really depends on what I see in a coaching call after a loss like that. Um, right now, today, no. 
He, I mean, he's already kind of put his legacy in there, but everyone else. No, I agree. Gone. His legacy's there, but oh, man, it's. I mean, here's if you really want to get in that question, I don't want to get into that no, yet because it's too early. Go, right. But here's the question I would I would pose to you, and it's going to be rhetorical to now. We'll re- we'll revisit this in the future, but yeah, who who if not Mark, who if not Mark. You know, and and we'll see better coaches come out this season, but who's going to come in and make a change with a team, regardless of whatever coach we're going to get, we don't have the talent next year. We're losing everyone, and we don't have the recruiting classes coming. It is going to be a rebuild regardless. So who are we going to rebuild with? We'll see. Uh, let's save that to after Northwestern. We lose tomorrow. I think everyone's going to yeah, be their heads are <laughs> We can talk about this forever because I could talk, yeah. I'll now, say this: We don't okay. want to lose Mark defensively. I mean, this is his defense. We exactly. get, we've changed defensive coordinators. We lost Narduzzi. He leaves. Defense does just fine. Narduzzi's defense is okay in Pitt. Lose Harlan Barnett. He goes to Florida State. His defense sucks. Ours is <laughs> still good. Now we get Trestle. Defense is even better than it's and that's ever been. There's been one consistent guy there the whole time to Mark Antonio. So he, so, so he runs gonna... the D. Let's be honest. He runs the D, <laughs> but he's also in charge of the offense. He just doesn't know as much about it, how to run it, and that's where I think he's failed himself is having the coaches and the offensive staff that he has. They're not good. Yep. Yep. Now we're going to look like teenagers in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a tally board going, oh, what do we like about Mark? What do we don't like about Mark? It's... No, I, I don't understand. We can obviously talk about that at a different time just because. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that yet. After okay. one salty loss, um, I, I'm I'm like you said, one more chance. Let's see what you do against Northwestern. Yeah, let's get to that. And then and then we'll get on to Indiana, and then we'll go on, and then we get to Ohio State. Then we're really talking. But next yeah. week, we'll Northwestern. See, one more thing on the game, yeah. we didn't touch on the officiating until the oh time my god, up, and I'm glad that we did it because it's not why we lost, but it was terrible. Oh my god. Um, there's a reason why there's a hashtag on Twitter of Pac-12 refs because they are terrible. <laughs> been going on for years. I'm a guy that stays up late and watches the Pac-12 every Saturday because I'm obsessed with college football. I was going to say, that's and incredible for you. I, gr- growing up, the Pac-12 was my second favorite conference because of me staying up late and watching their games. I would watch that a was, lot of them. That takes a lot for you to admit yeah. that. That's a yeah, lot. No, that's that's pretty embarrassing. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, college football is an obsession for me. So, yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of college football, a lot of Pac-12 games. And if you watch the Pac-12 after dark – which the games usually come on ten thirty Eastern. The refing is garbo, terrible. <laughs> and you saw how terrible it was this week, and it affected us. If you go back to watch the Wisconsin game, I think it what was the year? It might have been two thousand thirteen. Wisconsin played Arizona State and Arizona State, and it was just as bad as we saw today. And they cost them the game. So, and there's many other. You know, you can go through if you Google, it, you'll see the games within the Pac-12 of how bad the refs are. They just n- known to be horrible, and that was a Pac-12 crew that we had on our game, and it was you could see how bad they were. It's almost like Kermit was, was in their ear the whole time, but it's not how we lost. Let a team that is inferior to us that hang around, hang around, and that's what happens. Yeah, we gave the game. Yeah, there's nothing else. We gave it a game, and a lot of it, I'd say, 85% was coaching. It just gave the game away. Um, but I do have to ask, why was the Pac-12 your second favorite 
conference oh, coming I, out. I, t- I touched on a little bit because I like to stay up late and watch games. So when I was growing up in like high school and even college, and even now, it's hard for me to stay up as much now because as I get older, you go to bed earlier. But hashtag work. <laughs> I don't know this. The Pac-12, I think I liked some of it because it's the obscurity. A lot of people don't know about it because I would stay up late and watch it and be able to watch the full games. And I mean, Well, my, growing up, you my, have my, USC. My favorite, that would favorite, be cool. My favorite player of all time in college football is Reggie Bush. So, Ugh. I don't know. Well, did he actually play? Because everything got – he they probably take away take the record books. Well, then, yeah, that's fine. I mean, he but was I remember electric. being there. You can still watch videos on it. It's well, still, I mean, the favorite – <laughs> the best football game I've ever watched was the Texas-USC National Championship game. Oh, yeah. That was by far the best. There's nothing ever that's even come close to that game. There's been miraculous endings, but a full 60 minutes played, that game is the best. And, yes, Reggie Bush. Well, actually, Linda White had an amazing game that game. But Yeah, that's not tangible. But, yeah, anyways, you asked me. So, <laughs> I'm not saying the Pac-12 is the, the second best conference. That it's just my second favorite conference to watch after the big time. Yeah, I know. I, I get that because I don't think anyone would agree with you if they're second best. But – Second best to watch. I hear I hear you. And it's always so wide open because no team is really that good. That's a good point. Um, all right. Let's talk Northwestern next week. Finally, noon kickoff. Noon a, kick. a, a noon kicking. Probably going to see a little bit more of that this year now. I would even know. argue noon kick in Evanston. It would be 11 a.m. central kick for them. One of the toughest environments in all of college football for the reason that everyone's asleep. It is the sleepiest fan base in the country. <laughs> so you come out there and you're running out. It's noon for us, and we're, you know, we got you know in our games we got the band, you got the smoke, everything. You go to Northwestern, and there might be half a crowd. And how do you get up for that when you're on the road? It's tough. So for that reason, top ten tough environment in the nation. Wow, wow, you heard it here first. <laughs> well, three in a row. Let's not make it four. Um, you know, they, they've not looked as good as they usually are, but man, I respect their coach. Fitz is like one of the best. Got and love, I you got to love Pat Fitzgerald. It just is you awesome. You respect him, you know? Yeah. And, and he's taking a team that doesn't get any recruits and, and he really makes, I mean, big 10. So this will be interesting. I mean, they've had a couple games already. Uh, they played. Stanford, which Stanford's not as good as they are, but it's still Stanford, still right off the get get go, and it wasn't uh, too bad of a game. And then they go and play UNLV uh, and beat them pretty good and got up pretty early. So the quarterback that came in for them um, uh, here and there, uh, I don't think they've given them a lot. They do run a lot. Um, But we'll see how they do early in the morning against our defense i think we'll hold them but again here's the here's the kicker can we score so yeah hunter johnson is the quarterback now they started him against stanford then pulled him out put the back pack up green into the game he is an injured for the season they had to go back to hunter johnson hunter johnson a former five-star quarterback Mm -hmm. from indiana went to clemson realized that he was behind trevor lawrence Decided to transfer now at Northwestern, and so far after two games, he has looked very suspect, not very good, probably not worthy of the five-star rating. Um, but we're not going to touch too much on what the offense is going to do against defense. I think our defense will probably give up 10 to 14 points and hold them right inside there. 
the, so the, question the stronger again side is, of the ball for Northwestern is their defense. Uh, and their defense against our weakest, their strong point against our weak point, and that's our strong point against their weak point. Who wins? Will we see something out of our team? I mean, I think it's going to come down to what the coaching staff does. Where Are they going to put our team in the best position to win? Are we going to put the right personnel on? Are we going to put the ball in the end zone? Could we get 400 yards again? I'll tell you this, we'll probably win. If we score four, if we get 400 yards, I will tell you, <laughs> you we'll score you at least 16 points. Well, it didn't happen last week, but <clears throat> and that was at home. Well, uh, I think that's going to be really low scoring, like you said. Northwestern's got a defense. They always do. The line right now is state eight and a half. That's what I'm seeing. Open at seven. Open at seven, pushed up to eight and a half. I don't like that push up, but I will not be taking the points here. I do think we do squeak by with a win, but it's going to be extremely close. Uh, it's going to be a 10 to three or 14 to seven game again. We're going to see a lot of gridiron, a lot of lockup. Um, and I'm not going to be as disappointed as I felt today coming into this podcast if our offenses score a lot because I don't have expectations for them to score a lot. I am more – my expectations. can you get to 21. You get to 21, we have a shot. Yeah, the over-under is 39. So even <laughs> – that's like the lowest under I've seen in a while. <laughs> over under I now probably still take the under right now. Let's see. Based on bettings, my app so far, it's like 80% ha- hammering the under. Hammer the under. <laughs> More the percentage of bets is on Northwestern so far. So you know what this means. Oh God. You got some reverse line movement going on. Uh oh. Which is positive. It means that more people are betting on Northwestern yet the lines of moves is moving in the opposite direction. Which means there's probably some big sharks out there dropping big money on the Spartans. It's not that Spart- that means it's, anything. It's Spartan alumni dropping <laughs> money on Spartans. Why the hell would you do that? I would not put any money on the Spartans yeah. to win to cover They're, that line. Yeah, Spartan alumni but, are betting on Northwestern to cover. That's well, what's happening. No, you're thinking about this wrong way. Michigan State. More people are betting on Northwestern to win. However, the line is moving in the opposite direction, giving the line is growing, which would usually mean that more people are putting money on Michigan State to win because they, they keep moving the line up. But the opposite is happening, which typically means there's big bettors putting money on Michigan State, but the public, more people putting smaller bets on Northwestern. Northwestern, yeah. So the people in the know are putting money on Michigan State. Not that that means anything, but we like talking about it on here because it's fun. So you're saying, what, 14-10 win? Is that what you're saying? I'm going to lock it in at 14-10. Okay. We're just a little early on this. We don't really know about Jarvis going into – Yeah, we didn't even talk about yeah, the offensive line if yeah. they're doing anything. So – Jarvis got hurt in the first half, didn't come back. He was replacing our Curry and Chewins at left tackle. He's usually the right guard. So now we've lost our top three left tackles, probably the most important position on the offensive line. Not even probably. It is the most important. Probably the most important position on the offense. So if he plays, obviously way better chance. He did pretty well there in the first half, I would say. I, I mean, here's the thing. Northwestern's not going to give up too many mistakes. They're not going to probably turn the ball over. They're a pretty disciplined team under Pat Fitzgerald. 
a lot depends on what the offensive line is, but I'll say this. I think we have a situation where a lot of negative things are going on in the media and around the program with optimism for this team. Going on the road may be a good thing for them to get out of East Lansing. Um, I just don't see the offense turning around this fast. So I will say that we probably score six points again, and I'm going to say we lose 13-6 to six to Northwestern. Oh. As I predicted at the beginning of the season, that we would lose to this guy. These guys have our number, 13-6 Northwestern, and we're coming on here next week talking about Boycotting. Bigger things. <laughs> Bigger picture things. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I really Yeah, do. I know. I really, really hope I get to start out with that you That would be being terrible. Wrong. But my gut is just telling me that there's something about playing in Evanston. There's something about playing this team. There's something about the way we're playing right now. I just don't see it. I just think this would be a huge trap game if we would have won last week. I I think I'd like to believe that, we're, that it, it awoken us. No, I hope so. I mean, Mark needs to win the next two. I mean, the Spartans need to win the next two games. They need to go into <laughs> Yeah, Ohio like how you State. said, Mark needs to win the next two. He's already starting that topic already. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. The Michigan State Spartans need to win the next two games. Yeah. Go yep. to Columbus with one Fair loss. Enough. And then we just go play this. Just play ball. There. <sighs> I wanted to them. I wanted to pick Michigan State to win. I really did. And the line makes me think it. I mean, but I just have this. You have a bad old man. I feel like Michigan State was giving me physical pain on Saturday in the stands. Man, I was like, oh, yeah. Why does it, it? Why does it hurt so much to lose a football <laughs> game? It just like physically hurts to watch that happen. I know. I my wife probably thinks I'm insane, but I think that's a good spot to wrap it up here. Under a bad week, uh, hopefully we pick it up on Saturday. Um, but as always, go green, go white.